This is the Influence Leadership Podcast, Episode 44. Hi everyone, this is Brett Duncan, and it is the midst of summer. We're right in the, in the, in the heat of it, no pun intended. And uh, we're going to today revisit one of our most popular podcast episodes ever. Uh, Chris is busy working with clients on the road quite a bit, and so not able to squeeze in a recording session uh, right now, but we've got some exciting episodes coming up. But the good news is, uh, this episode, it was certainly, if not my favorite episode, certainly one of the top three. Uh, it talks about challenges, problems, and solutions, and I really enjoyed how Chris uh, helps us break down how to, one, think about challenges, how to accept them, how to understand what problems are and how to deal with them. And obviously we want that to lead to solutions. So this is part one of that uh, original podcast episode that aired in April of 2016. Uh, but it is as helpful and true today as it was then. So hope that you enjoy this and I hope you're enjoying your summer. And we will be back very soon with some new episodes of the Influence Leadership Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller, where our heart is to develop leaders like you and help you increase your individual influence and your leadership skill set. I'm Brett Duncan and I am joined today by Chris Fuller himself. Hello, Chris. Hey, Brett. How are you, sir? Man, I'm doing great. This episode is going to be so good. <laughs> because it is going to be good. It has been a labor of love. So this is take three on this episode. Now, the, the good news is take two only made it like three minutes yeah. before we realized it. Right. Um, take one went about 30 minutes. About 30 minutes. <laughs> and about a month later, we realized, oh, somehow we lost that episode. <laughs> um, so, hey, that's what we're doing today, man. And it's good stuff, and we don't want to skip it. So uh, No, it's, it's, it's great. And, and the more you know, I think about the, the ability for leaders um, and people just in general to overcome the obstacles in life, to, to deal with adversity head on, and, uh, and face that particular piece. I think tenacity, I think overcoming, I think the ability to move past what's happening to you mm -hmm. um, is such a key piece for life and for leadership that uh, um, I just, it's completely ironic that we've had this much trouble mm -hmm. recording and releasing a message on overcoming adversity. Exactly, no, and, it, and for those of you who maybe, uh, this might be the first episode you're hearing, uh, which is great. You're catching us at the peak of our professionalism. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, let the record show. This, this episode was lost. Uh, uh, it, well, it wasn't Chris's fault. We'll put it that way. So uh, anyway, and uh, I'm the only other one in the room right now. So hey, we'll, we'll deal with that. But no worries. It is, as we've been working through this, uh, we've been uh, working, Chris, through your book, I Did Rod Leadership. We've talked about it before. Great, great book. Uh, if you're listening right now and you haven't read the book, uh, one, it's a it's a easy read, and I mean that in the best way possible. I mean, it's really something that you'll, you'll find yourself uh, knocking it out very quickly, but getting a lot out of it. Um, but go to, go to the website, influenceleadership.com, and you can get the book there. But we've been, with the podcast, we've been walking through really chapter by chapter, uh, kind of riffing and vamping on the concepts in the book. Yeah. And like you said, today we're going to focus on chapter seven, which is titled... 
Challenges, problems, and solutions. Lucky chapter seven. Yeah. It's about <laughs> adversity. We're right exactly. there. Exactly. Yes, yes. And so today is our lucky day when it comes to chapter seven. Now, when we recorded this before, and we're going to take the same approach today, uh, this was a book that had so many great kind of uh, one-liners uh, that it's just like, I'm going to throw some of these out and let you just take it and run with it. Yeah. Um, and it's so good, and this could go so many different ways. Uh, so really looking forward to this. But, you know, in the, in the book, obviously, there's a lot of things that are not easy about the idea to ride race, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's tough, right? And for most of us, I know we might not be that familiar with how it works. And the book really enlightened me on that. So obviously, there are challenges and problems and solutions uh, that you have to look it, for. Yeah. yeah, it's what makes it a great analogy back to life and business. And, uh, and, and you're going to face stuff on the trail. And the first time when I was mushing, I think I probably told this story before, but the first time I was mushing, um, I flipped the sled pretty early on. And as I am holding on for dear life onto the sled, because those dogs are expensive and they were Nils' wife's dogs, they were Deanna's dogs, so I'm not letting those, those dogs go. Um, I, it was at that point that I realized that the dogs were using the restroom as they were running. And so um, not only was I upside down and humiliated, I was trying to dodge the presence the dogs were leaving for me in the snow and hoping they were frozen by the time they got back to me. So overcoming adversity, um, that stuff happens. And uh, biology happens in, in life on the trail, and, uh, and we, it's up to us to kind of deal with it as it comes our way. I can see the t-shirt now. <laughs> biology happens. <laughs> we need to get that up there soon. So that's awesome. So here's the first quote. Um, uh, and you've kind of touched on it already. It's a great place to start. But I'm, uh, the quote is, everyone faces adversity. It's not what happens to you. It's what happens in you. Yeah. What's that mean? You know, for me, it means a lot of things. Um, you know, uh, if, if we went real sophisticated, we'd probably talk about gestalt theory and, uh, and talk about this, uh, the, the fact that none of us sees reality as it is. We see reality as our lens sees it. Mm. So we're going to bend what we see to our patterns and the message in our head. So it's not so much as what happens to me, it's what happens in me that occurs because now I'm putting together this entire story about you know my life and about my existence and all of this ends up building a self-fulfilling prophecy, if you will. Mm -hmm. So if you know if I were to take this negative messaging, if you will, and I, and I were to then start to, to to pile trash on trash, then I would say you know it's just uh, Brett, it's my lot in life that that that. Although I recorded one of the best messages I have ever recorded, um, someone in the room lost it. Right. And so this is this is this hypothetical, is, right? Yeah, this hypothetically, yeah. yeah. This is my punishment for being born into this. I mean, so you yeah. can end up very eorish mm -hmm. about you know about all of the stuff that happens to you and about this great cosmic force that apparently has chosen you as the dumping ground mm -hmm. in the universe. Um, so it's what happens to us. What's the message in your head when you go through adversity? Mm. Is it, this is my lot in life to be defeated? That, you know, there's an old saying that says, um, 
defeat snatched it out of the jaws of victory. Right, yeah. And so we're not getting into that t- sort of defeatist attitude, and yeah. we're not pie in the sky where we're just going, um, nope, nothing bad happens to me. So we're not in denial, yeah. and we're not camping out in failure. We need to have the full understanding that um, and, and the, some of the coping mechanisms of, yeah. of, man, this is tough. This is, um, you know, one of the things I say is, is life you know what's in a leader and you know what's in a person when they get squeezed. Mm-hmm. Much like a sponge. You find out what's in the sponge only when you squeeze the sponge. Yeah. And so when we get squeezed and welcome to humanity, right. I mean, what does it take? Three seconds out of the womb before we're slapped on the backside? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah exactly. <laughs> now, they probably don't do that anymore. That's probably yeah. only our generation right, that yeah. was. Hey, welcome to life. <laughs> so with when that happens to you from the word go it's like how do you understand that that we can learn a lot about ourselves what's this teaching me what's the mm-hmm. message in my head how am i connecting unrelated dots and so all of this kind of kind of wraps back into it's happening to me but where where am i going with this message mm-hmm. well and it's you know, we'll talk about even more so months in a minute, but problems are kind of the point, right? Especially when we were sitting here talking professionally, but obviously it applies to everything. But if there aren't problems to solve, then why does anyone need us, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We exist as a service-based business yeah. because people have problems. Yeah. Yep. Problems yeah. in conflict, problems in execution. And so, yeah, uh, there's a quote that we put in that problems aren't problems. Um, problems are money. Mm-hmm. If you solve the problems, you get the money. Right. And the people that are adept at problem solving rise higher in the organization. If they're more mm-hmm. solution focused than problem focused, they mm-hmm. rise higher in the organization and they, they, they essentially are worth more. Why? Because they're able to tackle bigger problems. Right. Well, and you're seeing this a lot too, the trend right now is social entrepreneurship, right? So it's like this merger of, yes, we are, we're not nonprofit, we're for profit. Right. But we exist to solve a problem. Absolutely. You know, obviously, Tom Shoes uh, is the poster child for this, but there's plenty others that are popping up. And it's, you know, it's like, yes, we exist. We make and sell these shoes to solve this problem. And when we're doing that well, we've set the model up to where we all make money too. And there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Know? Love it. Yeah. So so that's good. So everyone's going to face adversity. And, of course, you talk about that in the book. And, and there's broken sleds and all uh, things that are going on there. And it's kind of how you push ahead. You were mentioning, too, I think, on... Uh, how many people actually had issues happen with the race that you were you were part of? Yeah, so um, uh, so this wasn't a part of the race uh, that I was doing, but it was part of an Iditarod, actual Iditarod race. And they go through this one area, and uh, there was ice, or the way that the formations were coming through this tricky area. It slammed the sleds down, or the sleds hit, and, and you're on these two runners. And so mm-hmm. essentially you have the entire sled, and then you have let's call it two sticks of wood mm-hmm. or fiberglass, whatever the sled's made out of, that run backwards from the sled and the musher stands on those runners, those sticks of wood or plastic, mm-hmm. to be able to more easily slide through the snow. Mm-hmm. Well, so you only have you know, two uh, <laughs> runners, one for each leg, and so one of the runners of six sleds, six mushers, broke going through this area. Wow. 
So you're 50% broken on what you're going to stand on mm -hmm. as you're going through essentially the, the rest of the race. And this was, uh, I think, about 200 miles from the finish line. So you're 200 miles from the finish, and now your sled is broken. What do you do? Mm -hmm. Five of six quit the race. They said, I cannot finish with half a sled. Mm -hmm. I can't finish with one runner. Um, I, I don't have the right equilibrium. I don't have the right balance. I can't do it. And they quit. One runner said, you know what? I'm still good to go. I still have half of what I need to be able to get there. I can do different things. I can make sure that it works. I can overcome and adapt. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the statements that we have in the book. On the trail, mm -hmm. it is adapt or die. Mm -hmm. Well, that one musher, Lance Mackey. Mm. And Lance Mackey went on that year to win the race. So what does it do? See, I believe adversity is also a keen sense for competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. The higher the barrier to entry, the higher the more difficult the business, the greater the opportunity for us to succeed. Why? Because our competition will likely fold. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a great book, I don't know if you've read it, but Seth Godin, who's one of my favorites, but he wrote The Dip. And again, highly recommend it. It's a very short little book, but it talks about when you start anything and visualize in your mind, kind of things are great, right? I mean, the, the line goes up, right? right. All is going well. Yeah. And inevitably, in every endeavor, there's a dip. You know, the stars aren't aligned anymore, whatever. That could be for all kinds of different reasons. And of course, a lot of what, and I'll, we won't spend this podcast talking about it, but it's, it's talking about when to know when to quit. Right. And he's a big fan of, hey, if you can figure out when to quit and quit early, and it's the right time <laughs> to quit, then do it. But... If you know you can push ahead in those instances, there's a much larger peak yes. just beyond that dip. Absolutely. And to your point, most people will quit. Either they should quit. Maybe, hey, I shouldn't be doing this and I'm going to get out. Maybe it's not my area of expertise. I'm going to get out. Right. Or maybe it is, but they're not willing to push through the dip. And like you said, it's a huge competitive advantage. And it's also what you learn and experience and become during that is what actually leads to exponential growth. I think the, the, the more that you're able to deal with some of this, it builds a critical leadership um, component, which mm -hmm. is capacity. Mm. And so when you've been through particular levels of threshold pain, mm -hmm. you got a friend that's a runner, I'm not a runner, but if you run a 5K and you can get through that, then you pursue a 10K and get right. through that, then you can go on you know, to half and full marathons. But as you're, as you're going through that particular piece, and you're able to press through the pain to get to that goal, mm -hmm. it does a number of things. It builds confidence, it builds, mm -hmm. builds credibility, you know, all of those, the benefits. Uh, if you quit too soon, mm -hmm. you experience the pain, but never reap the benefits exactly. of that particular piece. So, right. you, you know, for me, it's like, we've got to press on, we've got to keep going through this, and, and we've got to find ways to, um, to, to number one, uh, you know, learn whatever we need to learn. Learn mm -hmm. the lessons, and, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But, but at the same point, press on why? Because otherwise the pain was experienced for nothing. Right. When you think about uh, lifting weights, right, and bench pressing, right? Yeah. I mean, you're doing 10 reps only so you can get to 11 and 12. Right. Because that's, oh, that's when the muscles that's start the breaking down, right? Yeah. You can do 10 and... Nothing happens. I mean, it's hard to do. Like you said, you feel the pain, yep. but you don't get anything out of it. Yeah. And so a lot of times we have to keep in mind, too, 80% of that journey might be 
for the little reward at the end, but that's the only way to get to it, and that is the point. Yeah, you know? I, I love muscle, uh, you know, and weightlifting as an analogy because essentially muscle is built from where it's torn. Right. And so when you start to tear, if you will, internally by struggling with some of these problems, then then that is where we will, the repair will lead us to greater heights and greater results. Yeah, no, that's good. So another quote in this chapter is a great one is, forget the failure, learn the lesson. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's easy to sit there, hey, forget the failure. But, I mean, the failure's real, yeah. right? The problems are, are, I mean, they it's, it's there. So, I mean, how do you do that? How do you have this mindset of kind of rising above and saying there's a lesson here in the midst of failure? Right. So the the personal failure or organizational failure, um, I really try to coach two aspects of it. Mm -hmm. Um, when you succeed as a coach, I want you to own that success. Mm -hmm. I want you to internalize it. You're the woman, you're the man, you're the rock star. This was awesome. I did it. I want you to own every bit of that. But when you fail, I want you to make it about a system, or a process. Mm -hmm. I want you to internalize success and externalize failure. Got it. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, there was something in the computer that was too easy to click. Right. That then lost the lesson. Right. So there was something, there, there's a software glitch yeah. that caused that to, but man, these podcasts are awesome, Brett. And you know what? You know why they're awesome? Because you're doing all true, that you're doing. True, true, true. So when we internalize the success, we get the emotional highs that yep. we need to be able to continue and to go on. When we externalize the failure, we realize success is a process and mm -hmm. we need to work the process to be able to yield the right results. Success is the, the culmination of proper steps done over time. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when we failed, we need to go back and do the diagnostic and the lessons learned, or I call them the after action autopsies. We yeah. need to cut the body open and see what happened. Yeah. So when you're doing that, it is either I didn't have the right system to work or I failed to work the system. Mm -hmm. Either way, it's a systemic failure. Right. Either I need a better process, I need to learn the lesson, I need to do what better to do, learn what better to do next time, or I need to adhere to the system better next time. Yeah. Either way, I externalize that failure, I, I process that failure, I learn the lessons. And so that's a key piece that people don't do, is they don't sit back and do the diagnostic and the root cause analysis on what went wrong? How did it go wrong? Why did it go wrong? What did I fail to anticipate? So mm -hmm. I'm a big fan, do a lot of strategic um, facilitation around root cause analysis mm -hmm. and detangling the spaghetti and saying, mm -hmm. okay, what went right? What went uh, wrong? Where were our assumptions, presumptions? Mm -hmm. And where did market conditions alter and we didn't adapt fast enough? Mm -hmm. So we, we most of the time though, you when you really hit that wall and you get stung, mm -hmm. you recoil and you start to sort of sit in that emotional pain and you forget to, to make it a systemic failure instead of a personal failure. Mm -hmm. All of it is, if you can get to this mindset, all of it is, is 
enrolling in the University of Life Experience. Mm-hmm. And that's just a class where you fail the test or you, I love one person I heard said they, they it's not a mistake, it's a misstep. Hmm. We've all stubbed our toes. Mm-hmm. And it's, every time you stub your toe, you know, you may have even face planted, right? Mm-hmm. You may have even stubbed your toe, fell your smack on the ground. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to have a toddler trip and fall mm-hmm. and they're face down on the ground. But what do they normally do? Jump right back up. Right. And they're ready to go again. Right. And so even if they stay down a little bit too long, we coach them as parents, grandparents, anybody we see, come on, get up. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine somebody that tripped and you're walking by and you see this 40-year-old on the ground and you're going, are you all right? What happened? And they go, man, I, I tripped about 39 years ago. Mm. <laughs> and you're, you're going, you know, uh, hey, yeah. it's time to get up. Yeah. So we're all going to trip. We're all going to make a misstep. It's time to get up, dust ourselves off, mm-hmm. do the root cause analysis, learn the lessons, put that back into performance improvement and keep going. That's good stuff. So it's it's really, I think it's too, you, the, the way you talk about it is obviously the first thing to do is we think of ourselves, right? I'm not, I'm, I'm going to look at the system. It's, it's a system problem that I'm not following or I am following or whatever. But the other way too is being a part of a culture where when you see other people or other situations where it is a misstep or a mistake, having that mindset of it is a process. It's not the person, you know, and boy, doesn't that lead to just the healthiest culture ever when everyone knows we're all thinking this way oh man that's huge most uh there's a lot of leaders i won't say most there's a lot of leaders that are that just won't admit their shortcomings or their failures Mm -hmm. and everybody on the team knows but the leader won't say you know man that was that was my fault um i should have done something different Mm -hmm. and so it is you it's funny vulnerability based trust is some of the deepest organizational and personal trust and if i can come to you and go brett you know what it's uh, i i screwed up Mm -hmm. i I did it wrong and and i admit you know what here's what i thought here's what and and i have mutual collective accountability that builds in amazing health into organizations Mm, that's good well, Chris, we're going to pick this up. This is so good that we're going to turn it into two episodes. So, All right. Uh, we're, we're going to stop right here, but obviously make sure that you, you get the next episode. We're going to pick back up on the rest of Chapter 7 from the book, and there's more we want to touch on here. Uh, but we're at about the 20-minute mark right now. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So, that's I mean, again, you called it up front. We could go on <laughs> and on for this, and this is, I think, very essential. So. Thank you guys for joining us today. Remember, InfluenceLeadership.com. That's where all things Chris Fuller, all things Influence Leadership, all things Iditarod Leadership. Um, Obviously, if you're interested in talking with Chris, bringing him into your organization, go there and you can get that info as well. And we would love for you to uh, also rate the podcast. If you're on iTunes or Stitcher or another player, we'd love for you to do that. Chris, final words? Yeah, so until next time, um, here's your homework assignment. Hmm. Whatever's going on in your life right now, grab a journal and, and just write down a couple of things. Number one, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, and number two, what's the messages in my head I'm telling myself about this issue? That's good. And, and if you can kind of get in your own head, get in your own space for a little bit and say, what messages do I... See, our own internal voice is the loudest and the most often heard mm. and the first heard. So spend some time, get in your head, don't analyze yourself, you know, don't, don't get into to that particular piece, but just kind of write down on a consistent basis, 
what's going on in my life? What's the adversity? And what's the story in my head I'm telling myself about this adversity? That's good. We got homework, so work on that. And then make sure you join us for the follow-up episode here. We're going to keep talking about adversity, how to handle it, and how to have solutions, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, everyone.